This is the Trophy Room on the Bench Sports Network. It is Tuesday, July 27th. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with us. Today we have, I know, I know, we got more talk on Aaron Rodgers. We have why the United States is uh, getting a little soft. And we got some interesting, spicy, saucy, garlicky, I might say, rumors going on in the NBA, if you know what I'm saying. If you're listening to the podcast, wherever you are, please give us a five-star review. It would help out a ton. Tell your friends about the show. Help out the boys. As always, I'm your host, Brett Hammer. Alongside a man who has as many dubs in the Olympics this year as the USA men's basketball team, Jackson Garlitz. That's Jackson with the X instead of the CKS. Go find him on YouTube. Just search him Jackson Garlitz. First one up in a suit and tie. As always, you can catch me on Instagram at BHammerTime with the extra E. And the account for the show is Trophy Room Radio. Jackson, how are we? It's a Saturday night in 1984. You just washed your hair with Pert Plus, brushed your teeth with Pearl Drops tooth polish, and there's a case of bush in the back of your Camaro with the T-top. Are you the neighbor dad who peaked in high school and is way too excited about his kid's soccer game? Billy Hargrove from Stranger Things. Or are you Aaron Rodgers showing up at training camp? That was really good. That was really good. Dude. I had no idea. I was like, what are you reading right now? Like, what is going on? I didn't know that you were going to read that. That That was pretty solid. I'm impressed. Dude, I just, I saw the pictures of him pulling up to camp, and I thought he was like a teacher's assistant in a philosophy class to teach you about (laughs) Karl Marx and atheism. Dude, he just, I don't, I'm not going to shame people for how they look, right? Like, you look how you want to look, but there are certain vibes you give off. Like, when when you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint or Mormon, like, lots of people know, right? Like, by looking at you. When you're a fan of a certain sports team, you're wearing a certain jersey, people know, right? You look at Aaron Rodgers and you get a uh, walks around the college campus barefoot kind of vibe from Aaron Rodgers. I just, I, somebody's got to say it. Well, yeah, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, Aaron Rodgers showed up. Aaron Rodgers, despite all of the the news and the beef and the interpretation thereof and all that fun stuff we had messing around with what we thought was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, we have pictures of him showing up at training camp. It's weird. He's like, it's not only does he have long hair, he has the top half back in a bun, and then he has like a backpack, a t-shirt, and some some Ray-Bans on. And you put you put a quote in our chat. You put one of the headlines Jackson put was, Aaron Rodgers officially shows reports to training camp wearing sunglasses that provided so much shade, you'd think Lambeau Field was an indoor stadium. And I'm... I, you, you have some solid writing, bro. I'm really impressed with the comedy that you're bringing out today. But, yeah, and he's got that. And then he's got the – do you see the office T-shirt he's got on? Dude, I want one. I want one so bad. That's my favorite scene in the office is when he spills the chili. Just it's easily top ten all time. It's so good. Yeah, so he's got his office shirt. That is a sick shirt, and it's got, like – it looks like it's almost got like a Street Fighter vibe to it, where you have like Kevin Malone versus his chili, and then it's like, I think I, don't, I can't even read the stats on his shirt. I, we gotta find this shirt, but it's, it's like, like an NBA Jam kind of yes. looking thing. It's great. NBA Jam, Kevin Malone versus his chili. So the supposedly the only way what we heard from Trey Wingle yesterday was the only way that this deal was going to happen was based upon whether or not Randall Cobb came back to 
the Green Bay Packers. And it's I haven't seen anything official, but as of seven hours ago, ESPN and the NFL Network have both said that the the Packers are working to acquire Randall Cobb in a trade with the Texans. So I would believe that that happens. I find it kind of interesting. It is it's interesting to because Randall Cobb is also thirty years old. Here's the other thing. I, and I was wrong because yesterday I thought he was on the Cowboys. He is on the Texans. Okay, you just if you're the I mean I know we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, but if you are the Texans, you just lost Will Fuller, who was I believe your number one receiver, and now you're gonna lose Randall Cobb. I mean I guess the only way that they probably get this deal done is I feel like Green Bay is one of those teams that I I mean you tell me if you do, if you agree with this statement or if it's the inverse because it's either that. The Packers have just a lot of very barely above average receivers that if you're decent enough, you can get them open and get them the ball. Or Aaron Rodgers just makes every single person who plays with them look like they're all above average. I think it's a combination of both, not to give the boring answer that everybody like okay. knows is probably coming. But I think a lot of people this season are expecting that there's going to be a whole bunch of bombshells and tension between Rodgers and or teammates and or the organization this offseason. And you don't? And I think actually Rodgers' appearance and demeanor at training camp is probably the perfect metaphor for how the rest of the offseason is going to go. Rodgers is going to play well, business as usual, but he's biding his time and he's waiting to be moved. All of us know that this next year is his last year. Right, that he's going to go somewhere else. And it's a little bit reminiscent, again, in terms of vibe, not in terms of exact situation, but it's kind of like Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers, where okay. it was obvious that Tom and the Patriots weren't vibing like they had in the past. It wasn't the same, but they weren't openly spatting a whole lot. Like It's just like everybody knew after that offseason he was probably going to move or he was going to retire. And it's the same thing where like when, like when Brady announced he was leaving the Patriots and signed with Tampa – that was seismic, right, in terms Fair. of the shift of power in the NFL and just how quickly he built a winning culture in such a young team. But we didn't really treat the news like it was seismic. You know what I mean? Like, we paid yeah. a lot more attention to other moves that did not matter anywhere near as much in the NFL. And I think a lot of that was just because it was kind of inevitable. Even, like, the New England fans, they were pretty chill about it because they were like, nah, he brought us success in Super Bowls. And I think most Green Bay fans, the ones who are the cheeseheads, they're going to do the same thing. Rod, They're going to wish Rodgers really well when he leaves. And I think Rodgers is going to be there from – it's going to be like high school. It's going to be like senior year of high school where he does what he does, he passes all the classes, and halfway through the year he might check out mentally. But he'll do what he needs in order to graduate, and the real story will be what he does the year after. Okay, well, here, then here's my next question to you. I got, to, I got a couple more about this whole Aaron Rodgers um, deal that we got going on. My first one is because you, you noted his demeanor – and his facade as he rolled into practice. And he looked pretty chill. He looked like he had just gotten done either at like one of those weird cult camps in the middle of the Midwest. <laughs> and he's just like, he's just having a good time, like just kumbaya, everything. Like he looks like he's reached full zen or whatever, which I guess makes sense. He's from California. Do you he think. He has figured out how to smoke mushrooms. He figured it he out. He did, actually. He rolled that boy, he rolled that joint up and he just. He's that's how he's taking in his vegetables. He no longer has to eat broccoli like the rest of us. He could just he could just <laughs> inhale his shrooms. You know what I'm saying? Okay, my question is, do you think Aaron cuz he didn't look upset. 
So my first question is, do you think this is what Aaron Rodgers was planning on the entire time? Because it almost like he looks like he's pretty chill with what he's got going on right now in Green Bay, which we hadn't heard anything from him in forever, and he wasn't talking at all. And if you didn't know better because we didn't, you would have thought he was upset with Green Bay, but he looked happy today. So my question to you is, was that just a bluff, and did he just get exactly what he wanted, or is there more going on? Uh, I have a general rule in life, and that general rule is that before you assume malevolence, assume assume incompetence, right? I I usually assume that someone doesn't know what they're doing, right? And that everything is the luck of the draw versus them playing 8D underwater chess. I usually don't believe that people are doing that. I don't think very many humans have the ability to do that. Um, and you don't think, I but think you don't think Aaron Rodgers does because we know he's a bad man. He, he is a bad man. I think what happened was very close to what you and I talked about a couple days ago where you brought up that Aaron Rodgers attempted to take control of the narrative, had the script flipped on him by the organization, and then this opportunity opens up where here's what I think. I think NFL franchises and just sports franchises in general are beginning to realize that the power lies with the players. If Deshaun Watson does not play – you can find him and you can take his game checks and I get all that. But at the end of the day, if he doesn't want to play, what are you going to do? And you still have he, to have a backup quarterback. Like, you can yell at him all you want, but, like, yelling at him does not win you games. Right. And so if Aaron Rodgers decided not to play, what would Green Bay do? Play Jordan Love? Because here's the thing. Actually, the genius aspect of this is, like, if Jordan Love sucked, which we don't know. No no individuals know. We don't know, but I feel like we would know if there was something to look forward to. You know what I'm saying? Potentially, but all I'm saying is that I think franchises understand now or are beginning to understand that the power lies with the players ultimately. It just depends on how long the players can afford to take the hurt. And I just think that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers came to this agreement where they were like, listen, we need you to play quarterback for this year. After that, you can leave, but we need you to play for this year. And he was like, you know what? Instead of holding out and getting punished and just causing all these problems and then getting the toxic label, I'll play for a year. It hasn't. It's, it is what it is. And then the year after that, I can pull a Brady, I can pull a Manning, and I can go win Super Bowls on a team that I like. And I just think both of them looked at it, and instead of like doing this ADHS, I just think they both were like, listen, we'll let you go, and we'll switch to Jordan Love, which we were planning on doing. And he's like, hey, I can go to another franchise. And they both got what they wanted, and so there's no reason to even really be that mad about it anymore. Like, it really, at the end of the day, how angry can Aaron Rodgers really be about personnel decisions when he's not even going to be here next year? Like, it no longer matters. If they offer, excuse me, if they offer him an out next year, who cares who they pick? Who cares who they, like, bring in as weapons for him? The only, if I was him, I would only care about the offensive line. Make sure I don't get hit. Make sure I don't get injured. This is the thing that sucks about this, because my next question was, who won this deal? I do think, look, I don't, I mean, this is what I'll say. I agree with you. I like your rule about assuming incompetence over intelligence. I do think that Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if you've ever met anyone who's played quarterback at a high level, like if you have friends who played, like, college or whatever, like, those are some really smart dudes. Like, there's very few guys 
like, yeah, they're probably good kids you went to high school with, like, that were really good at quarterback, but they probably weren't that intelligent and as a result. But, like, those people aren't the majority. If you're a quarterback, you have to be the most intelligent guy on the field. And Aaron Rodgers is one of the most intelligent people of any quarterback ever. So, I think, I, I do not believe that this was his first choice. But I think in life, we have... You have expectations in life, right? There's the ideal, there's the real, and then there's the pessimistic part of you. And you basically end up somewhere in that range. Everybody hopes to end up somewhere between real and ideal. I think ideal for Aaron Rodgers, what he would have loved, was for the Packers to have traded him to the Denver Broncos for basically nothing, and then he was hoping that that team could have went to a Super Bowl. That obviously Real quick, didn't. Who are the teams? Who are the who are the teams that you think were actually in contention? Um, I think the pa- the Broncos were there. I don't think that Washington was. I don't think I didn't ever hear anything about Washington being in the discussion. But if we're being honest, that team makes more sense than anyone else. I will argue that till the day that I die. That's the best team in the NFL right now. If they have a, if they have a quarterback, like that's a top five team in the NFL. But because they don't have a quarterback, they're literally nothing. Sure. Okay. I thought you were just gonna like flat out say they're the best team in the NFL. No, and I was no, like, no. Oh my goodness, no, no, that's a hot take. No, that's but, a spicy take. But again, I said this the other day, and I'll go to my grave with it. They almost beat Tom Brady, and the Chiefs couldn't even put up a touchdown on Tom Brady. They almost beat Tom Brady with Tyler Heineke at quarterback, and Taylor Heineke. Yeah, that boy. Ran this man's away. the goat. The goat. Exactly. So. I don't think that he was actually going to get traded. I mean, we know that because the Packers didn't do it. And the Packers, I think, didn't want to trade him somewhere else and then have to lose to him. So I don't think that was Aaron Rodgers, what he really thought was going to happen. But I do think he was hoping for that. And if that didn't happen, the next best thing was the deal that we got. Because we know he got an ex- he got an offer to stay there for another five years and be the highest paid quarterback in football. We know that that didn't happen. So I think that the next best thing was this. I think that he knew that this was a possibility. And I think... Of everywhere throughout the spectrum, I think he thought that this had the best chance of actually happening because this is the only one that semi works out for everyone. Here's the thing, though. If we have to talk about, I mean, my, my question to you was, I guess I'll ask you first, who won in this deal where they just get, keep Aaron Rodgers for one more year? Who's winning here? I think if I have to, if I have to pick one, you I think everybody loses. Right, really? but if, if I have to, I don't think I, well, Aaron Rodgers loses. I think here, here's the here's the thing. I think Aaron Rodgers wins, and the reason that he wins is because he now has avoided the diva label as harshly as it could have been applied. The narrative kind of worked at, out for him, right? This like this, right? If you look at any individual who forces them, like not 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 someone who just leaves, right? Not someone who not someone who just abandons the team, but someone who forces themselves out of an organization uh, to take a, a really recent sports example James Harden James Harden will never shed the drama from that he he won't ever do it and like Kyrie Irving right another one like p- players like that are never going to shed the label that you and I talked about like the drama queen label and whether or not that's fair right like they won't they won't shed it and so I think it's really good for Aaron Rodgers that he's able to move forward like a Peyton Manning, like a Tom Brady, with his kind of the vibe about him, right? That aura of greatness unmarred by this label of being difficult and 
like sucking to work with. I uh-huh. think that that's a really big win for him. The the Packers have been good for a really long time. They are really good at being good. They're not very good at being great, but they're good at being good. And True. so because they're good at being good, listen, is Jordan Love the one? I don't know, but whoever is the one, the Packers will take care of it. They won't they don't they won't have any problems. I just think at the end of the day, who wanted what they wanted? Aaron Rodgers wanted what he wanted, he got it, and he's leaving. This is the issue I have with that, though. Because and uh, I'm going to take the road less travel and say that I think the Packers won in this situation. And I'll tell you why in a second, which I know that's not a popular opinion. I bet you nobody else is telling you that. But I do think the Packers won, and I'll tell you why in a second. Here's what I think is an L for the Packers. We're pretty sure, look, if when you are dating a girl for the first, like y'all, like you meet a girl, right? And you start dating, and like none of your friends know her. And when your friends ask about her, you don't have, like, you're just not dripping. You're not just drooling about her. Like, you're not saying, oh, my gosh, she's so dope. She's this. She's whatever. If you're not. She goes to a different school. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're not out here saying how great she is, then you're probably not that into her. And that's what I'm saying with Jordan Love. Look, everything come back to relationships. I know that's the go-to analogy, but that's because it works with literally everything. If the Packers were so in love with Jordan Love. You see what I did there? Why aren't they <laughs> like if they're so in love with love? Why is there no one drooling over him? Why don't we have Geronimo Allison and Alan Lazard? Why don't we have those guys or Robert Tunyon or any of these cornerbacks saying, "Yeah, well, like we're feeling okay coming into the season because we know we got Jordan Love back there." Nobody has said that. So the fact that nobody is raving about him upsets not upsets me, but it does worry me because they're not in love with this girl. They just kind of like her. But they really don't want to be, like, that's not the girl that they're trying to take to the wedding reception. Like, they're just, you know, if she's up late at night and they're up late at night, then they're down. But, like, they're not taking her out long term. This is why I think that the Packers won in this deal. Because, I mean, Aaron Rodgers becomes a free agency at the end of this, which will be very, very fun to see where he goes. Again, Aaron Rodgers... If you want to win a championship, I'm telling you, go play for this Washington football team. But I digress. This is why the Packers won the deal, just for the season of 21, 20 to 22. Do you know what the scariest thing is besides an angry pregnant woman? I'm going to assume it's an angry Aaron Rodgers. An angry Aaron Rodgers is a very, very, very scary sight to see. Because do you realize how pissed he was last year when they drafted Jordan Love? You can call, you can say what the, I I would agree, your statement about assuming incompetence over, uh, what was it again? Malevolence. Yeah, assuming incompetence over malevolence I think applies. I don't think that the Packers thought by drafting Jordan Love that they were going to guarantee their quarterback to win an MVP, but it happened. And because Darren Rodgers was pissed. I think you might have just lit that same fire. I think this is, look, you're giving back Aaron Rodgers, a guy that he wants at receiver. So it's basically become, and you pointed this out, I got to give you credit for it. This is the last dance for the Packers. Granted, they haven't been the dynasty that the Bulls have been, but the concept, the principle, the storyline is the same, where this is the last season they have to run it back. And, to be fair, they've been to numerous conference championships running into this. So I do like you have an angry Aaron Rodgers with a receiver, a tight end who was top three in touchdowns last year, a Randall Cobb who he likes, a wide receiving core who had no problems last year, 
and you have the best wide receiver in football. Uh, Aaron Jones, I believe, is back. You up, you re-signed David Bakhtiari. And this was the biggest issue that the Packers had last year. This is why they lost. This is the only reason they lost to the Buccaneers last year. The only reason. Because Kevin King, on that opposite side of Jair Alexander at cornerback, was an absolute liability. And he got scored on, I believe, twice in that game on coverages that my grandma could have kept. So, And they went out and drafted a cornerback in the first round. And I know you can be upset with the Packers and say, oh, well, they didn't get Aaron Rodgers more help. But they did the best they could to get a cornerback that's going to be able to get Aaron Rodgers the ball back so that he can score more touchdowns because I think they're more confident in Aaron Rodgers scoring regardless who plays receiver. So I actually do think for this year, I think that the the Packers won because they got a pissed off Aaron Rodgers. Can I tell you, I really dislike that narrative of if only this person had help. You want to know when that when that applies? The Eagles last year, right? Like what do that, you mean? Like when, or not last year, but the year before, when Carson Wentz is literally playing with lawn furniture, right at receiver. Oh that's, my god! That's, I'm so glad you that's, said that. Right. That's that's when you, like okay, he doesn't have any help. Right when when that when you're looking when you at haven't Steph had a Curry, thousand yard receiver on the Eagles in I believe like three to five years, that's a problem. When Steph Curry's like, "Hey, I need some help because Draymond, I'm sorry, unpopular opinion on the internet, I know Draymond Green is highly overrated, very, very overrated, and he's got a bunch of rookies around him. Like that guy can ask for help." Aaron Rodgers asking for more receivers. I'm sorry, man. It's not. I I just don't. I don't buy it. Like different decisions, sure. Receivers who make different decisions, sure. I get that. Uh, coordinators who make different decisions, sure. I can vibe with that. I don't have enough talent. Um, you're talking about a team who doesn't have losing seasons, even when they have like garbage cans at quarterback. Generally, like they're one of the most consistent franchises. Yeah. Like, like they're never Brett Favre, ever ever bad. Brett Favre won the like he was waving the flag of surrender every single fourth quarter game that mattered, and the Packers were still really good. And so this thing where it's like we added like a once in a lifetime quarterback and like we can't get to the Super Bowl more than once. I'm sorry, get out of here. Like he doesn't need more help. No. I 100% would agree with that. Like, literally every year. I mean, let's see. 2020-13-3, and t- 2019-13-3, 2018, they were 6-9. and nine, But, um, like, and then they were 7-9 the year before that. And then 10-6, and 10-6, 12-4, 8-7, 11-5, 15-1, 10 10-6, 11-5, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 6-10, 
what do you think what do you honestly think that the Warriors do to help Steph Curry because I don't think that this team I think a lot of people are like oh well they have James Wiseman coming back and they have Steph Curry and they have Draymond Green like this team is and they played really well in the uh the play-in tournament in the NBA playoffs I don't think that this game is anywhere near we near where it needs to be to be officially constructed in order to win basketball games in the Western Conference. So let's say that you are the GM of the Golden State Warriors with all the rumors going around. What do you think is the ideal move for them? I'll tell you what's not the ideal move. Is this thing that I keep hearing about them trading their 7th and 14th pick for Bradley Beal. That makes no sense to me. You don't like None. That. No, and the reason is this. In terms of offense, minus Clay Thompson... The Golden State Warriors are 14th in the league, right? Not top, like, they're not crazy numbers, but they are missing the Batman, right, to the Superman. Like, they're, they're missing a dude. Yeah. In, in defensive efficiency, they're 18th, right, which isn't that far from 14th, but let's, let me take a look real quick. Who does that put them behind in the 2020 to 2021 season? That puts them behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, shoot. Um, it, pu- it puts them behind the Memphis Grizzlies, the Toronto Raptors, the Chicago Bulls. It puts them behind the Charlotte Hornets, the Atlanta Hawks. It puts them behind the Pistons. Like Holy. The, I'm, they're not a very good defensive team. I'm sorry. They're just not. And everybody wants to like talk about Draymond, DPOY, Green. I'm sorry. He's not that player. He probably won't ever be that player again. It's really easy when you're Draymond Green to overperform when you're playing next to Kevin Durant and a healthy Klay Thompson and a healthy Steph Curry. They need some defense. And bringing in a ball-centric shooting guard that has like scores on, I'm sorry, a trash team where he's playing basically garbage minutes. Like I don't I don't see I don't see how bringing in Bradley Beal helps anyone. I don't help. I don't see how it helps anyone on that team. Bradley Beal's an interesting one because we have no clue how good he is. We, we have don't. No idea. This is what we know about him. We know that he's played with John Wall, and we know he's played with Russell Westbrook, and we've seen him. We've seen him play very. I don't want to say very well, but. He's very similar to Russell where he scores you a lot of points, but he doesn't necessarily win you a lot of games, but he looks like a really good ball player. So where's the disconnect? I Right, would... and I think... No, go for what it. You were saying? I think, like, me looking at it, like, a really simple example, and I know I'm being a homer when I say this, Rudy Gobert, right? Rudy that Gobert boy's overrated. Has... Just, I just want to throw that out there. That That's fine, but... Rudy Gobert, in terms of a swing for the Utah Jazz defensively, right? The dude has no offensive game. He can't score outside of five feet. But, like, he makes Giannis look like a three-point god. But, like, in terms of defense, Rudy Gobert, whether or not you think it's, like, otherworldly levels of defensive like contribution that he provides, or if he's just, like, an over, the, like, more than average defensive player, he... If you take out Rudy Gobert in terms of plus, like plus minus and win percentage, the Jazz suck. Like the Jazz are terrible because he's basically he's their defensive scheme. Is put Rudy Gobert in the center and let him wait. He's wait, basically. So what are you arguing? Scheme. And so what I'm saying is that there are a lot of players that score points like Bradley Beal, right? Yeah. And that's super deceiving. And I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, they need like offensive firepower. Clay Thompson 
will come back and he will be able to hit shots, right? I, I think yeah, you don't need Bradley talent. Beal. I, like, I, I'm with you. I don't like this narrative that we've created, or not that we've created, that the Warriors have created because there's also this weird rumor floating around with the idea that the Golden State Warriors want to go out and pick up Damian Lillard and they would like to keep Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. I, first of all, I don't know what you have unless you just got, like, you have 100% of stock in Amazon and you're willing to trade that for Damian Lillard. I don't know where you think that you hold value enough to, for, uh, second of all, here's the other thing. How dumb do you think the Portland Trailblazers are that they're like, yeah, we'll just give you everything, look like suckers, and then we're still going to have to play you next year and get nothing back for it. That doesn't make any sense to me. And even if it did... How do you think Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson are all going to play on the floor at the same time? The only reason that it worked with Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and a third all-star, which was Kevin Durant, is because Kevin Durant was essentially playing center. And he was also playing like defensive player of the year level center at that point. I don't understand... I don't know if you can, if someone can explain this to me, how the Golden State Warriors could possibly think, because even if, like, let's say you're willing to give me your second round, the seventh pick and the 14th pick, and your next, like, first round picks for the next three years, I'm still not giving you Damian Lillard or um, Bradley Beal. This is what, this is the only way where I see you getting a superstar that all three of those working out if we're talking about the Warriors. This is the only one I think that makes sense. If you send, um, who do you send? I don't know who, but basically, I think if, if you're the Warriors, this is the only way you're getting an all-star. Is if you take your 7th pick, your 14th pick, and your first round pick next year, and you send that all to Philadelphia and one other player, and you get back um, Ben Simmons. But, Ooh. Yeah, look, look, like you say what you want, Ben Simmons... This the only this team is constructed to play small ball, which I don't love because I think small ball was cute. It worked for a little bit. I don't think it's the way to we go. We figured it out. Yeah, they figured like you've seen teams play really well with it, where they run it in stints. Like um, that's what the Hawks did really well. I felt against the Milwaukee Bucks is they had stints where they'd pull Giannis out of the game and then they would run the small ball when you had Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis in there. It's not going to work for a whole game like it did against LeBron and the Cavs. So you have to be careful with that. I think the Warriors are starting to realize, look, this is why this is why the Warriors team... I, I feel like Kevin Durant kind of tainted that Warriors team because now we look back and we only see what Kevin Durant was there. We don't remember the team before that, that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, like the house that they built. The reason that team was so dominant is because it was so deep. And right now, this team is so shallow. There's no depth to it at all. Like, I don't even... I think Patrick McCaw is, like, the next most relevant guy after Steph Curry and Draymond Green because James Wiseman is injured and so is Klay Thompson. And here's the thing. Talking about, like, the Klay Thompson injury, the thing the thing that I will give you about Ben Simmons that would make sense is that everybody's worried about the shooting from Klay Thompson. He will be fine. Yeah. Right, no, I think he'll be he, fine. He, he will be fine in terms of shooting. I don't know that you'll ever see him at the levels that he was before, but he will be fine as a shooter. He will and it's be not above like average. he was like this big time athlete that you're now worried about. Like he lost his speed. He was never that fast to begin with. He's never that like super quick to begin with. Like he's still gonna knock down shots. And that's the other thing is that 
when he he tore his right Achilles, yeah, what he's going to lose is not going to be the spring in shooting the ball. What he's going to lose is his lateral defensive movement, and that's something that Ben Simmons bringing in someone like him can provide because now Clay Thompson, because Clay Thompson beforehand was actually an above average defender. He was actually a very impressive. Defender oh no, yeah, really good, beforehand. really good. Right, and. Now he he won't be able to stay with the best players in the game at his position. Bringing in someone like Ben Simmons, I I have lots of concerns about Ben Simmons just as a star. Like, but what so what many. if you have him play center? Because they're like well, center is the only position, and we can you can't really disagree with this because Hack a Shack literally invent, was invented because Shaquille O'Neal couldn't hit free throws. And I, I agree with you. Like, Ben Simmons does really well playing defense on wing guys, but he also played defense everywhere else. This is the what do only you do with place. I, I think you put Draymond at power forward on defense, but, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is the only place in the league. This is the only place where Ben Simmons fits in. Like, I don't know what else, where else he fits in the league unless he wants to build a jump shot. Right. And that's just. Loathe am I to agree with Colin Cowherd on anything. Ben oh Simmons is a very Ben Simmons is a very chill individual, but in the negative connotation, and that I don't think that Ben Simmons I think Ben Simmons is there for the um how shall I put this politely? I think Ben Simmons has natural God given talent. Yes. And, and has coasted on that and yes. God given and God given height. Right and build. Yeah, very and I think talented. he's coached on that for a really, a really long time, um, and I think he's there more for the business aspect and the modern warfare lobbies aspect oh. than he is for the rings. I just, I'm saying, I, I see, I see him grind Warzone more than I see him grind jump shots. Warzone and Kendall Jenner. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. That was a poor choice of words. I guess him oh, and Jenna wow. aren't dating anymore. But no, like it's sometimes you feel you get this feeling that he likes being a celebrity more than he likes actually playing the game of basketball. I read a report the other day that the Philadelphia 76ers aren't even able to get a hold of him at least as of yesterday. That would be freaking hilarious. All and, this stuff. Sam Hinkey literally died for their sins, and then all of a sudden they can't oh find gosh. their dude. <laughs> Sam no and I mean I don't know we we haven't there's only a few reports about this but there is a report that the Raptors rejected a trade proposal that would have sent I believe it was Ben Simmons and draft picks for Kyle Lowry Fred Van Fleet and OG and Anobi the Raptors rejected it I do you think it's because that possible? would mean it's a permanent? That's a rebuild right there. Well, it's like, but do you want to rebuild? Uh, look, I think that the Toronto Raptors are a little bit. Uh, how shall I put this? Um, I think they're seeing brutal. ghosts like Sam Darnold. Like, I don't think. Yes, you won a championship. Good for you. But also, if that you and I both know, if this Golden State Warriors team is healthy. And you don't have the luck that you got when you just picked up Kawhi Leonard for nothing as a one-year free agent. You're not anywhere close to that, evident by the fact that you couldn't even make it to the playoffs this year. And before Kawhi got there, you were basically the perennial one seed. So, I just... You're I not lying. Yeah. This whole... I, I think it is possible, like you were saying earlier, there's so much chill factor to Ben Simmons. You do wonder if maybe that a lot of other teams say... And that's what I'm saying. 
if you're the 76ers, I think the best value you're getting out of this, we know the Golden State Warriors want a superstar, and we know that Ben Simmons, that's the only place he's going to fit until he gets a jump shot. And who knows? Maybe Ben Simmons gets to Golden State, likes where he's living, because he spends lots of time in L.A. anyway. I know San Francisco's not L.A., but it's closer than it is to Philadelphia. Maybe he gets out there, realizes he likes the vibes, realizes he gets to be the sole big man, because I think that was another issue, is like he had to play like Twin Towers almost with Joel Embiid, and I don't think he loved that. So you get to be a celebrity. If he gets out there, he doesn't have to worry about shooting the ball, because the Warriors have that figured out. And you could have him and James Wiseman. I, like uh, to me, that's a pretty deep first five. If you got Curry, Clay, Green, Wiseman, and Simmons, and then you would have pretty deep. If you wanted to, if you wanted to bench, if you wanted to bench Curry, you could play Simmons at uh, point guard. Or if you wanted to bench Wiseman, you could play Simmons at center. And I think you. you I think if you're the 76ers, that's the only place you get value for him. And if you're Ben Simmons, that's basically the only place in the world that's going to be willing to try, give a try for something like you. The one thing that I will give you about that is that I really have no clue where it is the 76ers could trade Ben Simmons and get adequate payback for what they're paying him and also like what he was supposed to be, right? Trading for the potential. Yeah. I don't see any, I don't see anywhere else where you could because tra- after after that I'm sorry even if it's like short term even if it's short term memory right our short term memory is what's always there true and I don't I don't know very many franchises that are gonna look at that playoff series and feel good about anything that happened the only you know people what I mean like the, yeah the only people I think you could swindle was you you might be able to swindle if they got real desperate I don't know. I, maybe it's just wishful thinking. I would just really like to see Damon Lillard make it back to Philadelphia. And I just, I mean, you could maybe try the marketing ploy of, look, like if you're the Portland Trailblazers, you could run some big man small ball where you just have a bunch of these big boys run the ball because you got Zach Collins over there. You got Yusuf Nurkic. You could have Ben Simmons in there as well. You have C.J. McCollum. I don't – maybe that doesn't work out. That's definitely wishful thinking on my part. But, I, yeah, no, you're right. I don't think there's anywhere where the 76ers get back what they paid, what they've been paying him, and get back something that's worth it. But before we end things, I would just like – I would like both of us to give a little bit of a rant on just Simone Biles and where, where the future – dude – this is like, I mean, I know we're leading in medals right now, so it's like crying over spilt milk a little bit. But or, I think we're number one. I can't remember. I think we're number one in gold medals right now. I don't think we're, I don't know if we're number one in total medals, or maybe we are. I think, or we're tied. We are behind Japan by one in gold medals. Okay. They have 11, we have 10. I mean, okay, so. Can you please just give a little bit of a rant on the Simone Biles thing before we wrap things up here in a couple minutes? Listen, when it comes to the Simone Biles thing, a lot of people are going to think that there's two sides of this. And there's not. There's not two sides of this. Okay. Simone Biles is an accomplished athlete. She is dominant more than any other athlete in the world besides maybe Michael Phelps was at their sport. When it comes to just individual achievement, I don't think I'm trying to remember. I think it's been two Olympics since Simone Biles has come second place in anything. She only has golds. Every single my my I, I've stated this before. My mom was a gymnast um, before she broke her back and ankle, and so every single time 
that we have any sort of world championship, any time that there's a meet, any time that there's any sort of competition, we sit down and we watch Simone Biles. And my mom always says, every single time that she watches, she is the most dominant athlete I've ever seen in any sport. And when she talks about gymnastics, there, there was that there's that legendary um, USA um, vault that the the gymnast uh, I'm I'm not remembering her name, so I'm not doing her justice, and I apologize. But she on a broken ankle ran the whole thing. Oh yes, I know. And what you're then talking about. she scored. A, she was perfectly scored. And I'm sorry. I I'm gonna be objective. That was some home cooking. There's literally no way she should have gotten that object like that that score. It makes no sense. And Simone Biles has never gotten a perfect score. And every single time that my mom and I watch, there are times where we look at it and we're like, where? Where would you dock points? I don't understand how on earth you could dock points from what she does. So I'm not taking away anything from how dominant she is, how talented she is, how good she is at business. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not commenting on her personally. I'm not commenting on any aspect of her in a personal nature you you might also want to comment on the fact that you're not commenting on her race just because you are white and everything that you say is automatically derogatory so i would i would i would qualify that as well and as well like brett said i'm not qualifying any distinguisher or qualifier that's inherent or biological there's nothing going on here what i'm commenting on is an attitude that has begun to purvey in athletics among the professional class. And I think we need to be careful when we talk about mental illness because we need to realize that just because there's a trend doesn't mean that it's the rule. Lots of athletes for a long time suffered with the excesses of sports that hurt them for years and years and years and damaged families for generations and generations and generations because these people spent their entire lives focused on one it's like war they would go soldiers would go to war their job was to defend the country and there are side effects with that nobody ever addressed it it came out in their social lives and their interactions with their families and then it caused damage for years and years and years that's really hard to see so there 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 are things about this in terms of mental health that we need to understand you need to take care of yourself true Right. Just just like there's your physical body. If you are having mental breakdowns or you are having mental struggles or you're having thoughts of suicide, self-harm, anything like that, you need to seek help. You need to seek professional help. And there is no shame in doing so. That being said, there is a trend of athletes who say things like, I'm not having fun. This is not, a, once again, this is not a political thing in any way, shape, or form. I don't really care where you are on the political spectrum. This is an aspect of life that people sometimes need to understand is that things are hard. And it's good that things are hard. Things are hard at different points of life for different people. There are things that are hard for you now that will not be in 10 years. There are things that are not hard for you right now that will be hard in 10 years. Right now, it is very easy for me to walk. In about 60 or 70 years, when I need a cane, <laughs> it's going to be extremely difficult. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And there are things right now, like math, that your son or daughter may not be very good at, that in 10 years, they will be phenomenal at, and they will be accountants. True. 
we leave room open for evolution and growth. What the problem is, is that there's this mentality, there's this crisis of meaning when it comes to people that live in Western societies, where societies become extremely successful, and so people decide that because they have such an excess and they don't have to worry about things like living or surviving or making sure that their family name lives on or making sure that people don't have cholera, when they don't have to worry about these basic things, they start to wonder about happiness, which is, an, this is just something that's good, but they think that happiness is the goal. The goal isn't happiness. The goal is meaning. If you do not have meaning in your life, you, it doesn't matter what, the, People always talk about how suicide affects like people of any sort of marginalized group. Suicide, the most likely people to commit suicide are upper class white men. They're really? the most likely to commit suicide. Women are more likely to have suicidal tendencies and thoughts and to hurt themselves. The most likely to kill themselves are men. Interesting. It, it's, it is disproportionately a upper class, wealthy, financially well off, privilege you might say to have mental health problems or to struggle with suicidal thoughts or self-harm there is a problem in this country where specifically our country that we both love where people think that because they're not happy they're somehow entitled to no longer try yeah they're entitled to still receive compensation even though they don't put in a certain amount of effort or work. I'm not saying that some, someone Biles trains every single has trained every single day for the last 12 years of her life. I'm not saying anything about her dropping out. What I'm commenting on is that there is a problem where people see that this isn't fun and they think it's no longer worth doing. There are lots of things that suck that are worth doing. School sucks. It is worth doing True. for those who want to move on and have professional careers that require college degrees. True. When people struggle with weight to the degree that it hurts them and causes problems, it is worth the pain to lift the weight because it means that later you will not suffer True. in the manner that other people are going to miss you because you're not going to be there for the wedding because you died of, out of heart disease at 42. There needs to be a come-to-Jesus moment a little bit in this country. Because something is not enjoyable does not mean that it's something that you shouldn't do. There is value in grinding. There is value in doing a job for little to no pay for the experience. There is value in doing things that are hard, that cause you to cry, that cause you physical pain, that cause you family problems because you don't agree on the solution there there is yeah. value in doing things that are difficult the problem is that lots of people think if this isn't fun i shouldn't do it no if it isn't fun then it usually means that you should work a lot harder and that your mentality sucks yeah and if and i'll change your i would agree with part of that i'll i'll take it out and say this look like every single person in the world i believe every single person in the world like I, everybody came down to this earth with a passion and I think Simone Biles is gymnastics. But here's what I'll also say. As someone who is chasing a, ch a chasing a passion and not a check, there is nothing that you will do every single day for the rest of your life. I don't care what, like who you think you are. There's nothing you will do for the, every single day for the rest of your life that you're absolutely going to love. I 100%. guarantee you there were days that Kobe Bryant hated basketball. But 
He knew how much he was gonna. He knew how much he loved it. And look, like there's gonna be days when you're married, when you're a dad. Like there's gonna be days when you don't want to spend time with your wife and kids. But you're gonna know that that's a that's this is how I feel now. This is not how I'm always going to feel. And look, this is coming from someone who goes to therapy weekly. This is someone who's like I've like I've dealt with anxiety and all that stuff. Look, here's the one thing that I know about my anxiety. Usually, when I feel anxious and I don't want to do something, just not doing it usually isn't the route to go. Taking a break every now and then is fine. Like, if I feel like, like, if you feel so anxious that you can't go out one night, like, that's fine. But not choosing not to talk to people because it makes you feel anxious is never, like, the universe is not going to be like, oh, well, I feel really bad for you that, like, talking to people makes you nervous. So I'm just going to gift you this ability to be really great with people. That's not how it works. And granted, Simone Biles doesn't need that because she's literally the best at her sport. But let me submit it to you like this. This is my issue that I have with this, and this is where we'll close out. Because And I think we'll just do this. We'll open right back up here tomorrow because I think this is a conversation worth unpacking. But just let me put it to you like this. I understand that Simone, Simone Biles wasn't having fun. I understand that there was mental health involved. But this is my issue. What, like, I just would not have been down, like, regardless of gender, if Michael Jordan in the Dream Team was just like, you know what, like, I'm not enjoying this anymore, so I'm going to quit. I don't think teaching kids to quit is an adequate way to prepare the world. I think teaching kids how to take care of themselves and how to express themselves and how to release their emotions is important, but I don't think teaching them to quit when things get scary or hard is a way to motivate people to be better. Amen. And I think the only thing that like I would add to like what Brett said and what Brett said is perfect is that if you look for happiness every single day, you're going to be disappointed most of the time. There's yep. not very many things to be happy about in terms of existence. Existence is pain. Existence hurts. It sucks. But if you look for a purpose, then you're going to find every single day there's something for you to do. There's something for you to accomplish. There's something for you to achieve. And that will bring you more happiness than searching for happiness will. And that's all that I'll say about it. Hey y'all, thanks for hanging out with us. We uh, so we did this on Tuesday night, but it'll, I mean, most of y'all will listen to it on Wednesday. So I know that I said that today was Tuesday because it was Tuesday when we recorded it, but y'all will probably listen to it on Wednesday. Of course, there's a show from yesterday. We're gonna record it again. We're gonna figure that out because I got a rehearsal dinner tonight before Jackson gets off work. So I don't know what we're gonna do, but we're gonna figure it out. Thanks for hanging out with us. Keep watching the Olympics. We're gonna go watch USA, hopefully, not get their brains beat in by Iran. And y'all have a good one.